Hey, this is Scott Todnam, and you're listening to the Life is the Future podcast, a podcast for health education, middle school, and life in general. It's summer, but that's not going to stop the podcast. This is the Life is the Future summer series. Tune in for our summer shorts. These will be quick tips for health and wellness, as well as expert insight. These will be weekly interviews with an all-star cast of adults from around the nation and around the world who work to improve physical, mental, emotional, and social well-being. These incredible people will lend their time to give listeners some insight into their passion, advocacy, and life in general. Here's the next installment of the Summer Shorts podcasts. These are podcast episodes meant to be a super fast listen with quick tips for health and wellness. Up today, developing and maintaining emotional well-being. Here are three ways to maintain emotional wellness this summer. Tip number one, recognize a range of feelings. Emotional wellness is not always about improving our mood. Oftentimes, emotional well-being is about maintaining a healthy balance of mood. To maintain mood, we must first begin by realizing that, like it or not, we are going to experience many different feelings in life. Each year, each month, and even each day will be full of a variety of feelings and a combination of them at that. Miniature shifts in mood occur because of time of day, environmental setting, and everything going on with work or school or relationships. Plus, it's never just one simple feeling filling our brain. What's pretty obvious is that we aren't just happy or sad, or fearful or hopeful. We can be nervous but excited. We can be worried but grateful. We can even be exhausted and then re-energized within a matter of minutes. Even though it's natural to strive to be content and work to enjoy each passing moment, we don't need to be happy all the time. Experiencing a full range of human emotions is beneficial for our livelihood. It's what sets us apart as a progressed human species. In order to react and respond appropriately, it helps us to have feelings and acknowledge those feelings. This is known as an affect. Highs and lows are natural and expected, but it's always about how we handle those life events and manage any feelings that come up as a result. Good news, bad news, fun situations, embarrassing moments, positive social interactions, and annoyance or arguments are all part of being human. Maintaining emotional wellness starts by realizing that this will all occur within any given year. Allow yourself to feel each intricate emotion because that gives us valuable feedback into our current existence, and it gives us insight into how to respond and carry on, whether through the sorrow and heartache or with the aura of joy and exuberance. Recognizing that a range of feelings will occur is empowering. It allows us to experience each complex combination of emotions without being critical of ourselves, without self-judgment. This has been mentioned before in our podcast about ways to stay mindful. Self-judgment compounds things. So without being angry for being angry, without becoming more sad and frustrated for being sad or frustrated, allow those feelings to set in, recognize them, and then you can be ready to respond and move on to managing your emotional state. That brings us to tip number two, reduce clutter. Clutter, as a term, will serve as twofold here. Not just physical clutter, but mental clutter as well. 
Maintaining your physical space can help to avoid minor emotional disturbances like low mood and annoyance, all the way up to more life-altering mental illnesses such as depression and anxiety. This doesn't mean you need to be a quote-unquote neat freak about your living space, or have your bedroom perfectly organized, or everything orderly and untouched. We need to feel at home in our living area, whatever that looks like. Most apartments or houses have a lived-in feel that is comfortable, and that's what makes it quote, homey. Reducing clutter does mean ridding your life of trash, unnecessary paperwork from work or school, dirty dishes, old clothes, and other items you no longer need. A general rule of thumb is if you haven't worn or used it in a year, consider donating, recycling, or throwing it out. Ridding your place of clutter contributes to easing the feelings of being overwhelmed. In contrast to this, the term mental clutter refers to the buildup of thoughts and tasks that can weigh down the mind, keeping it from thinking clearly. Mental clutter can also occur with too many items on your to-do list with limited time to complete them. We all know that horrible feeling. So much to do in so little time. Get that to-do list down to size by prioritizing time. Decide if it's best to knock out the items that take less time first and then attack the larger thing you need to do. Or if you'd feel better working through the difficult task to start while you still have the energy. As people, we all have different times of day where we do our best work. Sometimes common sense lets you figure this out on your own, but there are also estimates based on your sleep tendencies. Some of us work best in the morning, some of us work best in the evening. Analytical work, insightful work, and decision-making occur within all of us, but it might happen at different times of the day. Using this concept while tackling each week's to-do list can have us in the sweet spot for productivity, which greatly reduces mental clutter. The book When by Daniel Pink helps with some of this stuff. Check the show notes for a link and use his work as a resource if needed. Finally, manage activity time, sleep time, and screen time to avoid mental burnout. These and other essential brain activities play an important role in emotional well-being. And finally, tip number three, get involved. Social connectedness has a humongous effect on mental health. Find a hobby, rediscover an interest, get together with your social group, stay active, create challenges for the brain. All of these involve yourself with the outer world and have a great return on your inner world. Often this is easier said than done. How do I find a positive friend group? How do I figure out what hobbies I like to do? How do I apply myself in social settings if I'm just not outgoing? How do I know that my time spent in various activities is really helping? These are all great questions. You can rest assured that you're not the only one who may wonder how to apply all of this to real life. Just because you read or hear about emotional wellness doesn't mean that there will be follow through. And often the issue is that a speaker or writer won't give any tips or skills to make it all happen. There are a few ways to find your interests in life, including the development of social relationships that can benefit your mind. The first is to let your passion naturally emerge and over time nurture those hobbies and friendships by giving them more time and energy. Self-reflect at the start of each month to see what excites you going forward. Is it the same activities you've been putting effort into in the last few months? Another way to aim your focus in life is to put your energy and purposefully pour time into an activity for a few weeks to see how the outcome feels. Check back at the end of the week and ask the question, was it all worthwhile? Finally, you can sprinkle your free time and effort over a few different interests and social groups to see which ones seem the most rewarding. 
This comparison can be especially useful since it's nice to base a decision in an either-or format. Kind of like shopping. This is a nice way to compare and contrast interests, but the opposite effect might be that you leave a person or activity behind and you end up regretting it. Be careful not to dismiss a specific friend or activity for good unless you are absolutely certain that it will provide no emotional payoff in your future. Listen back to the previous Quick Tips podcast on three ways to develop a habit for more specifics on igniting a spark for success. Thanks for listening and make sure to keep tuning in. Our summer series of the Life is the Future podcast will include summer shorts. These are quick tips for health and wellness, as well as expert insight interviews in which we will hear from a range of health professionals, social justice activists, mental health advocates, sex education experts, music therapists, cancer awareness organizers, and more. This transition between school years will not go to waste. As always, thanks for listening.